0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So you dial in. Anything goes if you make the call. Otherwise, I'm going to jump into the email box here, and we will uh, get one from Timothy. He says... Hey guys, I always tell people that voting is stupid, and they shouldn't do it, but as I usually do, I broke down again and went to the polling place. Now, I wasn't going to vote, but when I heard that you were going to vote, coupled with the chance to vote for weed decriminalization and against the income tax, he says he lives in Massachusetts for the time being, I decided voting couldn't hurt. Once I saw Obama's victory speech and saw the crazy people chanting his name like he's a deity, I realized that voting for anyone, and I wrote in Ron Paul, simply perpetuates the idea that voting is okay. I gave the government my permission to use violent force to compel everyone to follow the will of the 51%. Now, I don't agree. Uh, I I don't agree with that premise. Right, I um you know he's he's operating from a premise that I don't ag- agree with either. I, I um, mean I see where he's coming from in that you know voting does at some level legitimize the system. I mean if nobody voted then certainly the system wouldn't seem as legitimate on its face. But then again, we do know of instances wherein 0% have turned out and the system continue to perpetuate itself. So it doesn't really seem like voting is necessarily the true arbiter of whether or not people uh, and, have lost. And the have, whole idea still believe in the state. A
1: whole, a whole idea. The whole idea of getting people to not vote is the same, really, the same thing as what the Republicans and the Democrats out there are, um, you know, doing. They, they, to, to some extent, is they want people to believe like they believe, and you're trying to get them to do. I mean, obviously, people are going to vote. It doesn't matter how many people vote. It doesn't matter if it's the biggest turnout in election history, and I've heard that, that likely that's what this is um, going to be. Is that right? And it doesn't matter if it's the the smallest turnout in election history. Somebody's going to vote for president. So voting for president, it, it's a, more of a strategic thing. I don't think strategically it makes much difference if you vote. Um, you're not likely to be the one person. Nationally. In, nationally. I, I, I mentioned for president. I was making okay. it clear. Um, the, it, it, for presidents, it seems unlikely to me that you will be that one person in your state that will be the deciding vote, because that one person is the only one who is in your state deciding whether or not um, your state's electoral votes, uh, electoral college representatives go to the electoral college in December vote on the president. So it doesn't really matter that much, and the it's it's clear and obvious to me that we've tried very hard to elect uh, good small government people to the presidency for years and years and years, and it's uh, failed. And um, no matter what, which party gets in there, Republican or Democrat, the the government grows and grows, and that there's not much that can be done about it because Washington is too big of a juicy little bit of fruit for the the power hungry to go after. However, I think on a local um, level, uh, you're you're defending yourself. If you vote somebody who's vote in somebody who's going to take, you know, tax you less than the other person, you're only voting to defend yourself and other people that would pay less. Right. Now, because to defend the people his... that would take more are thieves.
0: Well, they were they're all thieves. Uh, but to defend his position, I mean, certainly if you're voting for what you consider to be the lesser of two evils or voting for defensive purposes, The thing you can say counter to that is that the candidate doesn't realize that. The candidate that gets elected feels as though he's gotten a mandate from, you know, 51% of the voters or however many it ended up being, and that. The voters are behind his plans to do X, Y, and Z. Now, of course, that's not necessarily the case, but that's what he believes while you believe that you are voting for defensive purposes. And I don't think that he's right when he says that you gave by voting he gave the government permission to use force to compel everyone to follow the will of the 51%. I don't think that uh, by voting you're doing anything of the sort. I think that there are various different reasons people vote. Some people vote because they want to feel like they win. You know, oh boy, my guy won! Yay, go team! Uh, some people vote for that reason. Some they people do. Uh, vote for you know the reason of they want to impose their way on others. That's certainly a reality. Absolutely for many voters. true.
1: We've got to feed the the hungry people, so you got to pay.
0: And some people vote for uh, for defensive purposes. And I don't know. Some people vote because they're told to. Anyway, he's, let's go on here. He says further, the income tax was actually supported by over seventy percent. That's true, and it's really sad. In fact, uh, the, the numbers went. They got worse this time. It was uh, it was 55 percent that supported the income tax. Now it's 70. Move out of Massachusetts. Yeah, get out uh, as soon as you can. Anyway, he says I realize that decriminalization is a sham. He says basically I voted for the violent muggers to simply take my money and not beat me as well. Some deal. I now feel sick about my decision to uh, to vote. I feel sick about the whole situation. Record high voter turnout somehow gives credence to Obama's so-called mandate in the eyes of statists.
1: I don't think that it, I, I don't see how. I mean, more people voted against Obama than have ever voted against another president and ever. I
0: mean,
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't see how that's so.
0: He says, by participating in the violent action of voting, I somehow ended up supporting Obama's mandate even though I didn't vote for him. Now you're really stretching it, Tim. I mean, to suggest that voting is in somehow a violent action, I don't agree. Now, I know that we might have some uh, some anarcho-capitalists out there listening that would disagree. You guys are welcome to make your case at 800-259-9231, but that's not violence. Going in and playing their little game, which is how I I view voting, is simply a little distraction game that they allow people to play the in question order is, to. Is it
1: aggression? Because violence isn't in and of itself bad. If a man is violently attacking me, my wife, my family, I'm going to be violent against him. Violence isn't bad. Aggression is bad, and I'm not aggressing because. The, the, you know, you have to have intent. You right. have it's, to have intent to like address. It's like a game where people run for the knife. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a whole, you know, 10 people put into an arena and they say, here's a knife in the middle and you guys got to fight to the death. Am I wrong for standing there and saying I, I shan't be a part of it and getting stabbed in the neck?
0: No. So you have to have intent in order to uh, be aggressive and if your intent is to... Kill brown people, or if your intent is to steal money from folks in order to give it to others, then yeah, that could be an extension of aggression. The vote could be that. But if your intent is to uh, to minimize damage, or your intent is to endorse somebody that's truly pro-liberty, uh, when I voted for Varen Swerengen, who's one of the local candidates here in uh, the Keene area, former president of the Free State Project, I knew for a fact that Veron Swearingen is a man that is not going to aggress against his neighbor. I know for a fact. Right. So, the how is that considered aggression? It's not. Uh, anyway, he says that he has ended up supporting Obama's mandate, even though he didn't vote for him. And I say that's a real stretch. You didn't vote for him. You didn't support anything. You voted for Ron Paul, didn't you? Support that's Ron Paul's mandate? Yeah. <laughs> Next election, you need to stick to the idea of not participating in the system. Hopefully, by that time, I'll be living in New Hampshire, and hopefully I'll be able to convince people to hold up signs and say no to voting. Don't sanction government violence or something along those lines. People need to understand that voting is a violent action, or at least understand that voting supports the status quo and not change. Ian, I forgive you this time, but next time us non-voters need to stick together and stick to our support of non-violence. Well, you know, I'm certainly non-violent and non-aggression, and uh, and I support the non-aggression principle. But I've never been a non voter. I have voted every single election that I've had the opportunity in which to vote. And I've never felt bad about one of
1: the reasons I moved to New Hampshire was to have the ability to
0: vote because they took it away from me in Florida. (laughs) I've never felt bad about any of the votes I've cast in 2000. I voted for Harry Brown, the libertarian presidential candidate, and he was a fantastic candidate. He was a true, liberty-loving right. individual. You know,
1: you're not co-signing their violence, co-signing their aggression by voting against them. That doesn't make any sense.
0: It's, it, 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 it's incongruous to me. He says, I'm convinced that Gardner Goldsmith isn't going to vote anymore. Well, he's not here to, to speak for himself, but I don't know if that's true. And we can get the word out that there are non-voters who do it out of conviction, not ignorance. I feel like Obama's cult of personality is very dangerous, potentially more so than even FDR. And the Free State Project secession is our only hope. Thanks for all the work you do for freedom. So I agree that the Free State Project's uh, the only hope. I'll agree with that part of the email. But the rest of it, I don't even know
1: that uh, the Free State Project, I I don't know that those of us who believe in secession can count on uh, secession here in New Hampshire. I'm not prepared to say that that's going to happen. I'm for it i like it, but I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, I don't please. know how it would happen. I can't imagine the circumstances that are really going to occur to cause that to happen. I, I hope um, that one has a reasonable uh, you know, goal when they move to New Hampshire to see things like smaller government, less taxes. You might be for no government and no taxes. I'm for that. That's That's fine. But have a reasonable expectation as to what might happen.
0: The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Phones are ringing. We'll take your calls about whatever you want to discuss. Plus, coming up, the mayor of New York City has some bad news for the folks up there or down there in New York City. We'll see what he has to say and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features, uh, by the way, include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies, who've sent us, a, uh, sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you've got a company or you know somebody who
1: does, um, SACL CAI does collections, they do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. The the principals over there, Jason Osborne and uh, his father, are the great supporters of Liberty Please, if you can send them some business, do so. That's Sacle CAI. You can find out more by going to their banner at freetalklive.com. It's on the uh, right-hand side of the page, and it's the top
0: banner on the website. We continue with your phone calls, starting with Brent in uh, Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brent. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
2: Well, um, I was uh, listening to the podcast of the Halloween show, and uh, you all were talking with uh, a woman named Julie, I believe, about uh, she was worried about various, um, you know, what what if this and what if that, if there was no government and all that, um, mm-hmm. you know, most a lot of the common questions. And uh, one of the points you made about why a market actor wouldn't really be able to prosecute a war was um, that, you know, they can't print money and so they wouldn't be able to afford it. And I think you kind of, I mean, that's kind of a, a glancing blow, but to get at the the actual root of why a market can't wouldn't be able to do something like that
0: You're referring Uh, – before you go with your explanation, uh, just to translate for anybody brand new listening, uh, when you say market actor, we're talking about a situation in which there is no coercive government of which to speak, uh, and instead we have something like private protection agencies or defense agencies. And the question on the table was, well, what would stop these private defense agencies from going to war with one another and killing each other and then trying to take over geographic uh, swaths of land? so go ahead with yeah. your explanation.
2: Um, well, the the root of of why they wouldn't be able to is because they don't have the legitimacy that government does. Um, you know that's why government can print money and people use it like it's actually worth something. You know it, it's it's not it's not the printing press itself. It's the flag. Um, you know it's the it's the hat. It's the badge. It's the it's the uh, reverence that people have for government that allows that kind of, um, nonsense to take place and for people to, 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 to deal with them, to continue to, uh, deal with them. You know, if, if Walmart tries to prosecute a war, um, sure, they can print out their own money. I mean, you know, they could buy some printing presses and, and print some money, but they don't have the legitimacy, um, that government does, the perceived legitimacy, the government does backing that money or that war. Um,
0: Sure and government and has put real, a lot of uh, time and government has put a lot of time and effort into constructing that legitimacy and protecting it i mean it is the entity that does most of the educating in this country and a lot of that education is is brainwashing people into believing that the government is somehow other than uh, a large gang well i i'd like to you know, let me let me hop in here if i might um a, a, a pencil
1: manufacturer has a, a, a vested interest in whether or not people use pencils, wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. Like it was, it's better for a pencil manufacturer um, and all pencil manufacturers if people use pencils rather than pens. Sure. Great. Um, now, wouldn't you say that uh, a patriot missile manufacturer has uh, some kind of? Uh, motivation to have people be at war with each other, and wouldn 't really you really say is. that um, the United States, which probably has more gun manufacturers than any other nation on the planet um, and probably more gun violence than any other nation on the planet that there's kind of there's kind of a correlation there that uh, because people manufacture these weapons that uh, you know some some certain level of violence goes along with it um perhaps.
2: Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that that's entirely true. Although, just just in case you're curious, you know, uh, private citizens don't spend most of the money that's spent on arms and armor and and you know, instruments of destruction in the United States. No, that's, no. I'm just saying US, handgun yep.
1: manufacturers. I'm just saying handgun manufacturers themselves. There's more handgun manufacturers in the United States than there are in um, any place in the world, and we. Have more uh, gun violence per person than, as far as I know, um, any place in the world that's not at war.
0: What are you suggesting, Mark? Are you suggesting yeah, the handgun manufacturers? I'm not, manu- not sure what your point is here. Well,
1: <laughs> that um, that there there seems to be a correlation of having weapons and those weapons being used, and that manufacturers have a certain sort of motivation to have their products used. Are you suggesting
0: the handgun manufacturers are going to go out and
1: kill people? I don't think that they are. Um, I think that. What are you getting? At? But I think that to some extent there's you know it's happening
0: What's and what's happening? People are killing
1: people. You people mean people are killing people, right? Okay. And um, you know, there's there's some kind of perhaps um, correlation, if not causation, between there being a lot of manufacturers of guns in the United States and there being some gu- a lot of uh, gun violence in the United States. And I'm just saying, you know, that this is this uh, world without government is supposed to be peaceful and and uh, much less uh, uh, violent than the world that we currently live in. Is is the is Seems what I'm inevitable. told. Yeah. And I'm thinking that people that manu- the government
0: manufacture, is, is, in, is inherently violent
1: manufacturer arms and people's fear is that the manufacturer uh, that that some large company will try to take over maybe a manufacturer of arms would like to see something like that and would work to some extent to see that happen and what do you mean by that how would they work to to make that happen i don't know you're asking some real
0: specifics i'm only giving you um, correlations well I just, well then we get back to the other economic factors as to why that's just not really uh potentially yeah, a mean, possibility it,
2: that that doesn't make any sense Who who is you know say it's uh uh remington you know who are who are they gonna to go to war against and, and how are they going to uh legitimize that war in the eyes of their customers how are they you know i mean even you know some people get pretty attached to their brands of guns you know some people really like you know the old the old uh forty fives the uh you know <laughs> old canard of uh of gun handgun designs you know and some people like you know new six hour six hour handguns sure really attached to those, but even that attachment doesn't even come close, doesn't even get within spitting, you know, within artillery distance of the attachment that people have to things like the flag, the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I agree with you, but um, I, I think that there are people like out there that have a certain level of attachment to, say, brands like Ford versus Dodge and Chevy and things sure. like that, and that it's perhaps one, not the gun manufacturer themselves, but perhaps the gun manufacturer could take some brand, and I'm not saying it's going to be Ford um, or anything like that, but gets, could get some brand to go to war with some other brand, um, sort of propagate that, and then what are once it's Hatfields they, and McCoys, man, are, saying, are you acting wait, like that
0: people... Wait, know, are, are you saying that the, that the gun manufacturer's employees would go and try to kill the other gun manufacturers employees is that what you're saying i, I don't i mean you, you must not be listening to me no I'm, okay, i really wait, 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 am not wait. understanding you at all you're
2: saying you're saying that that the gun manufacturer is going to try to play off of people's product loyalty for we'll say chevy and ford and that they're actually i mean do you see people i mean maybe there's been a couple of instances of somebody killing somebody else because you know they get in an argument over which truck brand is best yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I would say I would say, say that to some extent.
0: Problem. Hang on, right. Mark. I want to hear what this guy has to say. Well, he, he said it. No, he didn't say it. You talked right over top of him. Now we're going to have to put him on hold. Hang on, Brent. We're going to bring you back okay. here because, and I want to have you explain this better, Mark, because it sounds to me like you're saying that now the gun manufacturers are going to encourage their customers to go out and kill other gun manufacturers'
1: customers. Is the military-industrial complex encouraging nations to go to war against each other? What's a nation? Um, what do you think a nation is? Don't act like a, a moron. No, I'd States, like to know what you don't a nation is. Do not think that is. the uh, military industrial complex has a, a motivation for the
0: United States to More go to on war the way? The this is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. W-I-K-I dot freetalklive. dot com and want to invite you to the Free State Project. Come on over to Project dot org and learn about the Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March and it's going to be basically the biggest liberty-oriented convention you've probably ever attended. There are going to be hundreds of people attending from all across New Hampshire and all around the world, in fact. People come from long ways away to visit the Liberty Forum, and for good reason, uh, because it's one of those rare opportunities that you'll have if you don't live in New Hampshire to actually get together with all kinds of like-minded individuals, at least like-minded if you believe in liberty and you like freedom. Uh, You're going to have a good time. There's a lot of networking opportunities, socializing, uh, a little lie-baiting, Uh, Also, lots of panel discussions and presentations by big, sort of big-name liberty activists uh, like Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun decision. Glenn Jacobs is going to be there from, uh, as you might know him as Kane, from the WWE. Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. David Berglund, former Libertarian Party presidential candidate. And so many more to still be announced. So head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about it. Get signed up early and get a 10% discount if you use the code 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL for 10% off the Liberty Forum. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get all the details and get signed up as we go back. To Brent in Colorado. Now, Brent, you had called in to talk about the idea of the absurd idea that in a free marketplace, a true free market, in the absence of governmental policing and governmental uh, justice systems, so-called, we would have some sort of market-based alternative, uh, perhaps private arbitrators, private defense agencies, and, of course, uh, one of the first questions that always comes up when we throw those ideas out there, or when I would uh, suggest something like that, is, well, why wouldn't those agencies be fighting one another? and well there's plenty of economic reasons as to why that wouldn't happen simply um you know number one reason is they can't print out money like the uh the federal government does and just buy all the guns and bombs uh, and troops that they want they don't have that ability so for every if they want to actually go and fight their competitors or fight their customers or whoever it is they want to fight, uh, they'll end up having to spend a whole lot of money and they'll have to spend more and more money as they uh, they continue to lose guys and the new people they're trying to hire on uh, basically see the fact that they've lost other guys and they're going to charge more. So just the increasing costs will cripple anybody that goes about doing this sort of violence. But yet Mark is trying to paint some sort of picture here of a uh, what you believe might be a possibility, Mark, and I'm still trying to really understand what it is you're getting at, so I want to make sure that you have a chance to explain it here so uh, Brent or myself or both of us can can appropriately address what you're suggesting. You were suggesting, as I understood it, that gun manufacturers might somehow encourage their customers to to hurt or kill their... Uh, the, the people in their lives that might have purchased guns from other manufacturers, or was it the gun manufacturers' employees would go around killing people? I'm, I'm still a little confused to your scenario.
1: I um, suggest that uh, w- you know, gun manufacturers benefit from people
0: using guns. And, uh, especially... No, I don't agree. I think they benefit from people owning guns.
1: Owning guns. Uh, Bill, would you say that bullet manufacturers benefit from people expending bullets? Sure, you can do that on a range. You can, right. absolutely. That's where most of it happens. And in a, in a great deal of cases, um, they're they're practicing for the day that they're not going to be using it on the range. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. So, um, And many people go there just... You know, waiting for that day. Now, I'm not saying that they're truly motivated or anything like that. I'm just saying that to suggest that there wouldn't be something like a war between companies seems to me ludicrous. I suppose it's possible. I, don't it think, I, didn't, very, I they, look, didn't rule it
0: out as a possibility. You, I just think it's think economically about not possible. When you think about not medieval like.
1: Europe and you suggest that um, only that the government apparatus, because it can print money, is, um, you know, motivated, you need to make caveats like, look, these kings fought each other. Back when they had um, – the only thing they could do was extract gold and silver from subjects, and they weren't able to inflate money, so they taxed their subjects and, and that kind of thing. Brian, your thoughts?
2: Um, first of all, my point was that that is a symptom. The printing money is irre- is not irrelevant. That- that's just a symptom. The real problem is God and country. That whole concept is what makes people – you're not going to – When 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 little Jack grows up to you know sixteen or seventeen or whatever, you're not going to put a gun in his hand and have him go off and die, in you know for your favorite brand of toilet paper. (laughs) God and country, people are willing to send their children off to die.
0: Right. I'm, I'm sure not everybody no, liked know. the king. I mean, Marky.
2: Marquee... They're not willing to die for Remington. They're not willing to go off and die for McDonald's. Right. But they Pickle were willing
0: to king. die for their king or I, for I, what I
2: they
1: considered their yeah, country. I think That's exactly. a strong point. But uh, people will still have brand loyalty. And, and that's essentially True. what you're talking about. Nationalism is brand loyalty, it's just blown to an extreme. This, okay. Yeah, I'll, what, I'll agree with you what, there. What
2: brand are you so loyal to that you would be willing to send little jack off to die for? What um, brand?
1: That. I think that you're talking to a peaceful person here who's
0: not going to send Jack off. To, well, then let the violent people go off and do those things. They'll get killed when they try to hurt people. they send
2: their kids off to die for some product that they like a lot. What, what person do you know that is even within the general realm of sanity that is willing to go and die or send their kids off to die for some, some product? You that realize that
1: like the members of the, personnel, uh, members of the army are paid, Right. Okay, so um that you can pay people to kill other people, and they'll do that right, it, but then you have to
0: keep paying yeah, more as they die
2: there's very few people that are signing up for the army in the United States, given how crappily they paid they pay uh just for the economic stuff. there is a percentage that do that just because of the you know they can you know they don't have a lot of options, they're poor, they need to make some money, they don't have an idea what to do for a job, so they go sign up for the army because they figure you know they'll get Job skills, but most people that I know, anyway, that are in the army, that are in the armed forces, sign up for some kind of emotional God and country type reason.
1: I think it's you know, wrapped it's, up in both because, of those, both of those things. I think that a lot of people go because they don't have direction, and um, that they they dig the whole um, you know God and country thing, and that people respect them more. With well, it. if
0: they're gonna go true. die
2: yeah, for Walmart, you know, they can they go. They can go with lo- relatively low uh, risk. You know, blow up little. Uh, in some far away sandy country and then they'll come back and be a hero or whatever. Um, you know, that's that's true. That's uh, you know, and it is a combination of those. But I mean, I'm just saying I I'm sorry, but yeah, maybe some com- companies will secretly go over and bomb, you know, maybe Remington will secretly go over and bomb the uh well, Winchester's pretty much out of business now anyway, but you know, they'll they'll go and bomb the Savage Arms plant or the Springfield Armory plant or something like that. Um, you know, maybe maybe they might do something secretive like that, but they'll have to be darn careful because if that gets out, you know, there's, <laughs> they're going to be in in a world
0: of hurt. Yeah, occupied. Well, their reputation would There, uh, th- be there currently
1: exist things like militias and people that are training for um, wars, and, and they have brand loyalty to something, you know, smaller units uh, that they've, you know, self-created units. It, it seems possible to me that uh, some militia could spring up and decide that, you know, we're going to, you know, go after this group or that group for whatever
0: reason. You, you yep. do understand those people would be putting their lives on the line, and they might actually end up perishing for that. And it's certainly I, possible they that may, that could happen. I, 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 but I, yeah, what I, I see I, is I survivalist that types,
1: there. that there are some survivalist types out there that don't value, the, people that, that are so into the military kind of thing, that they don't value their lives in the same way That's that you That's fine. Do. Let, them,
0: let them put it on the line. I'd rather deal with a, a small group of thugs than a, hundred and, you yeah. know, a million people, <laughs> uh, members of the army. I, mean, I, I that's what I've been what I mean, yes, talking there are about be some
2: groups, particularly you know religion um worries me that you know religion is something that people you know the Baptists might well go to war with uh, with the uh I don't know the Unitarians or somebody very un- Baptist. um well, maybe not the Unitarians probably wouldn't fight back very hard, but maybe the <laughs> no. and the Baptists would go to war or something um and I'll give you that, but you know what I just don't see there being an increase in that kind of violence if you take one of the major Giant motivating factors for war out of there, which is country,
3: which is you
0: know, the nationalism factor. I agree country. with you there. And then it we still
2: their kind, their their you know the homeland, the the you know all that.
0: Thank you, Brent. It's been a good discussion. I appreciate the call, and thank you, sir. 9231. ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL C A I toll free line. And then if we're getting back to the you know the issue of people are just so ideologically crazy, they want to go and start a fight, then they're going to have to figure out a way to pay for it. And that's another real life factor that will become quite. It would be very difficult for them, especially as they start
1: losing men. Into the time before they um, fiat money became a, a big deal, you know, there was a sort of raping and pillaging town to town kind of situation. I think people fear
0: that. More on the way. That's why they'd be armed and they defend themselves. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring us anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And don't forget, uh, one of the ways you can help the show is to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, freetalklive.com. Uh, we'll get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you're buying, whether it's used or new, and Amazon has a whole lot of choices. I mean, 41 categories in which you could shop. You go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done and feel good because you're getting a great deal. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items, and Free Talk Live is getting a percentage. If you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, we continue with your phone calls about what you want. We go to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, yo. Hey, Dave.
4: Hey, uh, you guys sound like what we, talking about what was going on in the Middle Ages in Italy and stuff. You know the city states, and if you had the best arm maker, you you was the baddest in town. You know now now they just do the same thing with atom bombs, man. That's all. Whoever yep. got the best atom bomb and could get it over there the, the quickest. <laughs> is the place where they do business. But now they don't want that. Even atom bombs ain't going to do nothing about what's happening with the money, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's certainly right. They can drop as many bombs as they want, and it's not going to help save the dollar, that's for sure.
4: That's right, until we get the Amero, you know.
0: Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully that won't be happening. But then again, if it does, I well, guess it will be.
4: They could give us anything they want. To spend. You know, we, we're, we're just hooked. We're, we're going to use whatever they give us. We don't have no other choice. This what is true. Gonna do? I would love to get, see some choices. Get a, all the gold in the world, they'll come and take your gold like they did the Liberty dollar. Sure. Foods. Yep.
0: Absolutely you, you right. Know, we're,
4: we're all captured. The only thing we, we could do is don't, you know, uh, participate. You know, like a lot of people voted yesterday, you know, I mean, two days ago, whatever. And, uh, well,
0: I don't know if that's participation as much as obedience is participation, in that if they demand things of you, if you jump through their hoops, that I would consider participation. Uh, doing what they demand is participation. But it
4: seems like this uh, next guy, he's going to, you know, like you were saying, uh, whoever takes best care of their guys is going to, you know, have a better army, and they're going to be uh, starting this uh, a million-man civil
0: Oh, yeah, Army, the new uh, yeah. National Service Agency, which is supposed to no, be as large know, as no, the no, Army. Man,
4: that's A million people, you know, up to 40 years old. So, you know, the more people you rat out, the more you get paid, or the more people you go around arresting. What are
0: you uh, going to do, Dave, if they come to you and uh, and, and demand that you well, I'm join? I'm an
4: old bastard. They ain't going to come to me, and I smoke pot. They're going to say they ain't <laughs> going to like that when they make me pee in a bottle, you know. But I I'll tell them right off the bat, you know, hey – the best thing that happened on election day, or the most intelligent thing that I heard, was Massachusetts decriminalized marijuana. Yep.
0: uh Wasn't it also Minnesota? There was another one. It was Massachusetts and another state. It was one of the end, another one of the end about states.
4: About time, man. We yeah. got to straighten up these people, man. You know. 800,000 people in jail for this shit.
0: Yeah, well, thanks, Dave, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. The sh- uh, sh- it sh- sounded sh- close. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 Yeah, Massachusetts uh, voters did make the right choice on that one. However, they dropped the ball big time on the income tax issue. 70% voting in uh, favor of keeping the income tax. What the hell are those people thinking? I, anyway, ca- I cannot even imagine. We continue here with your calls. Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex.
5: Hey, guys. How's hey. it going? what's
0: on your mind tonight?
5: Uh, I had a CPR call today, and uh, it was to a home for mentally retarded people, mm-hmm. and uh, the home is run by the state of New Jersey, oh boy. and uh, I'd like to share how bad the conditions were in there. Oh, my. Um, I, we went in, and uh, we, we, uh, we had our first guy come on onto the scene, he was the first responder, And he saw a lady in the doorway, and he asked, "Where's the patient?" And the woman goes, "What patient?" So that's number one. That's fine. Number two, the um, guy—he's on the floor. He has, uh, judging by the way he's on the floor, and judging by the uh, the pieces of hamburger that were stuck in his throat, um, he wasn't chewing his food. So therefore, he was unsupervised, and I think that. On the uh, the color of his skin, he was there for a long time before someone noticed and called nine one one. Wow! So I think there was, I think there was negligence there,
6: mm. and
5: then the one of the next killers was as we were walking out after um, the guy was pronounced, we were walking oh. out, and one of our guys said, "Who's in charge here?" And that same lady said, "I'm in charge here of oh, the of the facility of the house." And then we just put our heads in our hands, and we go, you don't even know what's going on in your house. You come, we come in, we, you go, what patient, and you're in charge here? So then wow. I, uh, I forgot my radio in the house. It was on the computer, and uh, I went back to get it. And when I went back, all the staff members were outside screaming at each other, arguing over whose fault it was. And because hmm. it's a state-run facility, Uh, they're just going to file an incident report and that piece of paper is just going to get lost somehow and Mm -hmm. it's all going to go away because these people, unfortunately, don't have any family members that can take care of them. And I guarantee you, if this was a private business... This wouldn't happen.
0: Well, the employees there, uh, the government employees, the bureaucrats have no responsibility for. Uh, I mean, even if you, even if they could point the finger at one of them, they probably wouldn't any and end, end up having any liability for what occurred. Now, when you use the term "house," I mean, at first I thought this was like a sprawling complex. Now it's sounding smaller. What's the size of this uh, this place? I mean, how big are we talking about? Is is it possible it's that a, the the a woman in charge? House.
5: It's a ranch house, and it holds about uh, ten. Mentally retarded people.
0: Okay, so then there's no excuse for the woman uh, who's in charge to not know what was going on. I mean, if it was like this huge, sprawling place that she would only know, like possibly what one wing was, what was happening in one wing of the place, then it could make sense. It's
5: it's a regular house.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah. She. There's no excuse.
5: It's in in a residential neighborhood with other houses. Wow. And it, it just, it just blew my mind how she couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, in this house, and I, I just. But then they're arguing about it, and then I think it's really sad that none of them are going to be held accountable because none of them are qualified for anything that they're doing.
1: Amazing. By qualified, do you mean they don't, they aren't certified, or um, they're uh, they're clearly incompetent from uh, what you saw today?
5: Well, a little bit of both. I, I would be in favor of private certification from a reputable company, but. The the main point that I want to make is that they're not qualified just because they don't know what they're doing. They stand around we they do, they don't know how to run, they don't know how to do their own paperwork. They don't know who's what is going on in their house. It's clearly they are incompetent because they they don't even know what's going on in the next room.
0: Wow,
1: an amazing yeah, it's, story. It's amazing that you can be in a house with a person choking to death and, and not, not know. know. I, right. I mean, I, I suppose they don't make much noise. I, well, but,
0: with what sounds like multiple staff, too. It's not yeah. like there's one person. Somebody, somebody oh, absolutely. called.
1: There
5: there are multiple people there. Somebody so called the, the, the. uh would have had to call 911, and if they would have called 911, they, they didn't tell the head person, and the head person didn't know. I, You know, I, I just you think, think, you'd think you'd be, that overall, they they have no clue what they're doing.
1: You think you'd be running down the hall going, choking, somebody's choking, hey, hey, you'd choking. you <laughs> I mean, amazing
0: yeah. it's amazing alex thanks for the story sorry to hear about it and thanks for the call tonight 800 259 9231 we continue with dan in pennsylvania also on an amp line hello dan dan hey, you're guys. What's up? hey what's on your mind
7: hey uh sometime last week um somebody called in talking about how the, you know what would be the best way to uh sort of build a you know alternatives to the government you know before uh you know, sort of building the new society within the shell of the old. And somebody later on suggested insurance companies, but didn't really go into how that would work. I wanted to talk about that a little.
0: Sure. Go ahead.
7: Okay. Um, well, first of all, there's precedent for it. Um, back when the Soviet Union was at its at its heyday, there were places that actually had insurance for black market activities. Um, one of the main ones was... Uh, the free press that they had in the underground. Um, They were publishing works by Mises and Hazlitt, as well as uh, religious uh, material, and those people purchased insurance on the black market. And those um, black market companies helped to fund the armed resistance in some of the countries where there were actually uh, people fighting the government right before collapse. So there's certainly precedent to to the idea of the black market developing insurance companies around which – Black market defense will condense, which, when the time comes, can rise up against the state.
0: Wow, I find that amazing that in a black market uh, that, that that you could have an entity like an insurance company. I mean, one of the hallmarks usually of the black market is that you can't trust the people in it. So how could you guarantee they were going to come through on the policy?
7: Well, when the um, when the state outlaws commerce, the free market is the black market. I see. But... My idea, and this isn't original for me, it started with the whole idea of agorism, is to have people sign on some sort of a pledge to abide by the non-aggression principle and to uphold contract and stuff like that before they're allowed to be insured. that's where it would start
0: if you'd like to flesh that out a bit more hang on 800-259-9231 hour number two is coming up you can bring up whatever's on your mind plus government promises don't amount to a hill of beans as we'll find out from the new york city mayor here in moments free talk live
6: this program is brought to you by freekeen.com freekeen.com features audio video and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free as we launch here at hour number two of the program, uh, freetalklive.com enjoy it all on us. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. And again, ours is free at freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls. That's the point of the show. And we go back to Dan in Pennsylvania. You're talking about how you think that, uh, based on the past, uh, apparently back in uh, the, the, the Soviet Union, there was some underground insurance companies, uh, because, well, when the free market is outlawed, then the black market essentially becomes the free market, as you explained it. And you were talking about how you think that uh, perhaps some some sort of competing uh, various different market entities that would be competing with the government could could arise uh in today's world and you'd sort of just begun explaining that if I was understanding you correctly so I wanted to make sure you had a, a full a full opportunity to get that idea out there
7: yes well uh first of all uh the government is event is going to get m- more oppressive uh, you know there's there's no way around that that's what they I'm do I'm afraid that there's no way we're going to turn it back politically. It's going to get worse and worse and worse until it eventually collapses. And uh, when, well, okay, right now, you can't get somebody to barter. You can't get somebody to use gold and silver instead of Federal Reserve notes because things are still pretty good using Federal Reserve notes, and people are willing to have 60% of their income taken from them because we still have iPods and Playstations and things like that. Sure. But when things get bad enough, then you're going to see opportunities for alternative institutions, alternative money, and alternative... Um, okay, well, take national healthcare. care. What happens when everything is nationalized in, in healthcare and you have a shortage of all sorts of medicine? Then it's going to be really easy for a, a, a black market entrepreneur to come up with a way to compete with the state in medicine. And the way to... Protect that sort of thing from happening is to, or, or, or that, I mean, pr- protect that sort of company from being interfered with by the state is to pool capital in the black market and use that to protect those entrepreneurs. If they, you know, in, in case their business gets broken up or something, like that. so like, like a, that, a government
0: attack, yeah, like an insurance company to prevent uh, or to pr- to protect you uh, in the event of a government attack, which has been suggested in the past on this program, and I think it's a brilliant idea. I certainly would be a client, uh, and th- then I, of course, always have to bring up the Save a Patriot Foundation, which is an organization that sort of has been doing that, as I understand it. Uh, people will con- would contribute on a monthly basis to this organization, and if one of the members were to come under attack from whatever federal, state, or local uh, governmental entity, then the organization would send money over to, you know, help that person out. Um, But unfortunately, they've been targeted by the state. So I guess the tricky part is, how does the insurance company avoid getting targeted and uh, having its assets taken?
7: Well, and that's the real trick, of course. But obviously, if there's a market for that sort of thing, then the people who are the best at it are going to be the ones who rise to the top. And I would suggest something more decentralized, where you have Thousands of people holding a little bit of capital and are ready to come to, you know, whoever needs to be indemnified at a moment's notice instead of it being held by like one person or them having a bank account or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably uh, right there. And you're right I mean those who are in search of the profit will figure out ways to ensure that they can continue doing business with uh, you know even with the loss of a, the occasional satellite office or whatever. Uh, they'll be able to figure out ways to, uh, to do that and, and manage to build it all into their cost and hopefully we'll all be more free as a result. I think it's a neat idea and, and hopefully we'll have the people with the capital in hand up here when the time is right for something like that. I think I mean the sooner uh, sooner the better, as far as I'm concerned. Any other thoughts, Dan?
7: Yeah, to address uh, what you brought up in the first place, how do you guarantee that these black market institutions are fair and keep their promises, I suggested you know, having them sign some sort of a pledge uh, before uh, or ha- having somebody who wants to sign on sign a sort of pledge. Like I posted on the BBS something called the Liberty Creed, which, uh, which says, you know, I will not willfully initiate violence or commit fraud or, or threaten to commit violence or fraud against another person and, you know, goes on a little bit further than that. You sign on with a pledge like that, and then that sort of ensures uh, that you would, you know, that you're you're on board with the ideas of liberty. So that way, somebody who's interested in liberty, they can find these companies that uphold that sort of, um, you know, that sort of creed. Because obviously, not every black market company is going to be above board. So this that's is just true. one way that, off the top of my head, that you could ensure that that at least some would be interested in it.
0: Yeah. Well, and buyer beware. I mean, even in the black market, in my experiences uh, in, in purchasing uh, drugs in the black market, uh, I can certainly say that there's still competition is still going on. I mean, it's certainly not the level of competition we might like to see. Uh, it's certainly not the level of innovation that we might like to see. But there, you know, the the purveyors out there of the black market products or services are still competing. For uh, for business, unfortunately, some of the hallmarks of that competition sometimes ends up being violence against competitors. Uh, but in many cases, it is a competition for a better priced product or a better product uh, in general. That does go on, uh, but for a buyer that's not cautious, they are more than likely to run across somebody who's a little unscrupulous. But then again, you know, caveat emptor is always in effect, whether you're dealing with a, a free market or a black market or whatever. So. Yeah. It should be interesting to see how this all plays out, uh, and I thank you for the call tonight, Dan. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. The more uh, alternatives we can create to the government, and the more insurance sort of situations we can set up, I think the better off we'll be. And the sooner it can happen, the better as I well. I think that uh, you know, competition b- b- makes everything better. We go to Eli calling from New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eli. Eli, you are on the air. Eli going once. Eli going twice. Let's try instead. Uh, but John is on the line also in New York. John, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hey, uh, just to point out that the only difference between the black market and the free market is the legal status of the transaction. Um, you are discussing when the free market becomes a black market. It, it, they're all market transactions, just a, a question of what uh, the government considers them, whether they're legal or not. Yep. Uh, but I actually wanted to call up about uh, feudalism. Um, this is one of the things that uh, I think, you know, those market-based anarchist uh, people have trouble dealing with, which is, you know, where did the state come from? It essentially evolved out of the free market.
0: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, explain yourself, please.
8: Well, sure it did. I, I mean, uh, once upon a time, there were just people, and those people uh, organized into villages and groups, and uh, one way or another... Um, Somebody rose up in power and asserted that you know they were essentially the owner, uh, and um, these incidences of you know marauding savages coming to the village contributed to the rise of the state in that um, a feudal lord would protect the village. One of the, uh, the feudal lord would protect the village from being pillaged and raped because it was essentially his property and his.
0: Well, I don't know if you can claim well, that that you know a strong man ruling over people is is a free market situation because well, free kind of entails the idea of well, you have the freedom to. It could be um, that I, I didn't say was tr- free market. I
8: said it evolved out of the free market. It, it, I mean, it evolved out of at, it came from somewhere, right?
1: Voluntary interaction. If if I build a wall. A big house with a wall around it, and nobody else has one of those because it's an expensive thing to build, and uh, marauders come and and bother the people outside of the wall, Mm -hmm. and they say, we'd like to come in the wall, it's safer in there, and I say, well, sure, but... I get an X amount of your crops and uh That would be voluntary. Every, I have a it,
0: feeling it was not always that way, Mark. I'm Come sure on. that it wasn't always that way. However, I think it was forced extraction of wealth from the peasants. W- to once, the,
1: once I have then control of that land, because I've made a contract with you, then I'm going to pass that contract on to your children, and, you, and mm-hmm. my children are going to pass it on to their children. Yeah. And it's going to go from there to the point, essentially, I, lo- I own everything in this particular area that I can manage to, to
0: control. Well, you know, you could right. make the argument, instead of using the term free market, again, free market suggests... Uh, the freedom to choose. Uh, you could make the suggestion that it's really, truly an anarchist situation today, and has always been an anarchist situation. In that, uh, you know, the strong men are—whether are, you call them governments or kings or whoever they would be—the uh, strong men are ruling over others in a in a situation of chaos. And so, perhaps we can just sort of swing things in the other direction and manage to get people to understand that the government is nothing more uh, than the the new strong man, and that they need to be resisted and non-cooperated with.
8: Right. And what Mark keyed in on there is the establishment of what's called the extraction coercion cycle. It starts out as a voluntary transaction as uh, there's a condition of, you know, moron. just out there. We need protection. Let's go to Mark. He's got a wall. He's got resources and wherewithal. We can organize under him to protect ourselves or, or some other threat. And, and Mark then overplays his hand and says, well, I want to put it on your crops. And then now I'm going to put it on your kids and... You, you don't there's no out. There's yeah, no and at some point out. they've it's had good. enough.
0: Good point. Thank you for the call tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both of them totally free, so enjoy on us at listen.freetalklive.com. .com. Again, listen.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is
1: offering free seminars uh, over spring break for people who are in college, uh, in graduate school, or recently graduate graduated. You can uh, find out more by going to libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. And uh, some of the past uh, seminars have uh, been about uh, Walmart. Uh, does Walmart Reduce Social Capital? Classic liberalism and women's rights movements, government and morality? Find out more at libertarianseminars.com. And if you know somebody who's in college, you might reckon, um, recommend it to them, too. They cover all the costs. libertarianseminars.com.
0: All right. 800-259-9231. You know, earlier this week, Mark, we had a conversation about the flag burning that went down over the weekend. And it was something that got a lot of people pretty incensed. Uh, People were concerned as, uh, you know, they were wondering what was going to happen as a result of this. Uh, Would this do damage to the activism movement up here in New Hampshire? Uh, The Free State Project, for instance, it was one of the Free State Project participants that uh, decided to burn this, uh, the, the U.S. and U.N. and New Hampshire flags. It was a triple flag burn, which I thought was an incredibly important factor in the entire affair because I thought it made it really a unique message as opposed to just another person burning a flag uh this was a real i think it was a real statement against the uh, the whole idea of government and we got a mixed you know mixed bag of responses uh you mark you said it was bad news you said the the public relations was dismal you said that it was an abject failure whereas i was actually there you didn't actually experience the uh, the event uh as i was there and as were were a few others Actually, a number of others, probably a good uh, 30 or so people were out there for this particular event here in Keene, New Hampshire. You can see, I don't know if the footage has been posted at Free Keene yet, but eventually some will be. Anyway, uh, so there was, you know, some debate as to what the results of this were like. You know, how 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 did this affect people? And I think the answers are varied. I mean, certainly some people are going to be very upset about something like a flag burning, whereas others may ask questions they've never asked before. Uh, so I think you're going to see the entire uh, a large spectrum uh, as far as variation of, of response and how people took it. And I just wanted to share uh, an email and an article from uh, – from, well, the articles from Kat Canning from the New Hampshire Free Press and the emails from uh, Sam from the Obscured Truth Network as far as their thoughts individually on what the flag burning meant to them. I'm going to start with Kat. Uh, she posted this over at the New Hampshire Free Press at NewHampshireFreePress.com. She says, I have to admit that I was somewhat ambivalent about this event. This wasn't out of some hidden reverence for the symbol of the United States, but because I knew I was going to get it from my mother over this one. My mother, she doesn't like the current U.S. government more than the free staters do, or any more than free staters do, but she does love the principles this country was founded on. A country that respects the God-given rights of the people, with its government severely limited by the Constitution. Well, you know, that was the idea, at least. This country became a great place because, for a period of time, the government mostly left people alone... When the, no. Some to some extent or another, but mostly it's probably a good way to, to describe it. When the fetters were removed, the little guy was free to produce, to create, to make a good life for himself and his family. And that's just what, got, uh, that's just what a lot of little guys did with their freedom, making this the most prosperous nation in history. It was a beautiful thing. It's gone now. It was inevitable that freedom should gradually disappear. The people who fought for freedom in the U.S. appreciated it. Their children and grandchildren grew progressively more comfortable. They forgot what a danger that government can be. Slowly, those freedoms dissolved away, like the wearing away of rock in a riverbed. People relied on government to protect our freedom when really it was something each of us needed to look after for ourselves. Now we've come to this, the United States of today. The government involves itself in every aspect of our lives. No more is the little guy free to produce. He's fettered with regulations, licenses, and red tape a mile long. Now, instead of making a better life for him and his family, he stands on a welfare line. The United States of today in no way respects the rights of people. Free speech has been replaced by free speech zones. Freedom from outrageous searches has been replaced by TSA lines and no-knock warrants. Rights to a speedy trial are laughed at by officials at Guantanamo Bay, where torturing prisoners is endorsed by the president himself. Limits on taxation have been replaced by a system that takes nigh upon 50% of all we earn. The government fetters laid down by the Constitution have largely been cut, leaving government free to trample the people. The idyllic country that my mother holds dear is a dream of the past. It could be created again, but with the same result, the gradual wearing away of freedoms. So is the human race doomed to a perpetual cycle of revolution, freedom, slavery? I believe as long as we hand over the responsibility to protect our freedom to someone else, we will have tyranny. As long as it's, as long as it's pretended that it's okay for government to commit aggression in our name, we will have tyranny. And as long as it's okay for one government to initiate violence we will have tyranny. And since government, by its very definition, is force and violence, as long as we have government, we will have tyranny. And so she doesn't wrap up uh, with a conclusion as to how she ended up feeling about the flag burn, but it sounds as though she ended up being okay with the idea in that this is a flag that represents, and when I say this, I mean the New Hampshire flag, the UN flag, the, the US flag. These flags all represent the same thing sure the individuals playing the roles in the various different government offices are different but the the uh, the concept is the same the idea is that these are people that have the ability to control your life—that their their whims uh, get to decide whether or not you get to run your business, or in what way you get to run your business, or who you get to associate with, and what level of freedoms that you have—and it's outrageous I've been that these trying people to, control been, our lives. I've
1: been trying to take this uh, this flag burning thing as uh, you know, slowly trying to sink um, you know, sink it all, you know, let it all sink in and 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 understand. And what I heard from Cat is is that. Uh, you know, she knew that she was going to get it from her mom because her mom believes in those things and she wasn't there and that kind of thing. And and I have never proposed that um, from the people that were there, people, you know, on site, that they that they, 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 you might have been able to handle the the PR aspect of it from them. It's that. It's the people that heard about it, um, the people that heard about it on the radio, that have heard about it you know, through this, um, heard about it through family members, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's those people that, uh, th- that the huge loss was, uh, was made with. I don't think there's
0: a loss. I don't think they could have heard enough to, to really make a decision beyond, well, that's awful. How could they burn the flag? That's terrible. Well,
1: you know, I I think that now
0: there's no conversation there. It's just emotion, and then you know maybe next time they'll be able to think about it a little clearer. People make decisions
1: based on emotion. Like what kind of decisions? All decisions. Every decision you make like specifically in what do your you mean life. In this case like what what kind of decision would they be making? are good or bad. Uh huh. That, that's a, you know.
0: Well, you know what, Mark? If you want to get all worried about the public relations of free staters, then you better start getting concerned about what every single free stater is doing with his or her free time or I his or her activism, because I, there can be some free staters out there that are pushing for things in the political realm that might make free staters I look bad. I
1: have not suggested that uh, Jesse be pilloried um, on, in, uh, in the town square or anything like that. I think he made a mistake.
0: Well, I, I, I see where you're coming from, Mark. And uh, if you made a mistake, I'd tell you, too. Well, I don't think it was a mistake. I thought it was uh, I thought it went very, very well. I thought everything was fine with it. It resulted but in Ian, a lot of it resulted in press coverage. It it resulted in people uh, starting discussions. And again, you're just being concerned because one free stater did something you disagreed with. There are a lot of free staters out there doing things that I might disagree with, but I don't get all uh, you know, I don't wring my hands over to I'm not worry wringing what... my
1: hands over anything. Okay, you?
0: good. Then I'm not worried about what they're doing. I'm so not, why would I'm you not be not concerned about this? I'm not terribly
1: concerned about it. I just good. think then it that wasn't that you made a, big a deal then. It wasn't a big deal then, was it? Well, it was it was a a big enough deal that people that um, dislike free states now have on more ammunition. This is Free
0: Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Dot .com and according to the computer privacy handbook normal internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented put a stop to email snooping with an easy to use email alternative privacyharbor.com because normal emails not secure that's privacyharbor.com we'll con- uh, we'll continue the flag burning discussion cuz I have a few more things to say plus got a, uh, an email from Sam from the obscure truth network but first i want to go to your phone calls and especially if you've got any comments on how you perceived the triple flag burn uh, event that went on earlier this week. You're welcome to comment on that or anything you want. We go in the meantime to ladies first. Lynn, calling from Connecticut. Lynn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Oh, What's on your mind yes. tonight?
6: Hi. Yes, I had a question about
9: the election. I was wondering. Um, I heard um, who was it? Um, Jesse Ventura once talking to Alex Jones and he was saying how if more Americans would stop voting for the two parties that and not vote for the little parties, then we'd have more of a chance. Do you think that would be true? Maybe
0: well we would have more of a chance for what
9: well of defending like our you know our constitution and everything and our freedoms
0: well i i would think that if you want uh if one of the third parties is agreeing with what it is that you believe then it only makes sense to vote for uh, one of those candidates. I mean, if you don't like the Republicans or Democrats and you feel like one of the third parties is much more in line with your belief system, then it only makes sense. Will that actually make any difference? Uh, well, probably not unless other people decide to vote for third parties, and it doesn't seem like most Americans are interested in doing that. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be good for you because you can feel good about voting for the first time, whereas you might feel dirty if you voted for a Republican or a Democrat. Voting for a third party allows you to walk out of the voting booth with relatively clean, uh, clean hands however again as far as making any changes on the federal level it seems completely fruitless to me
9: yeah that's what i mean yeah we have no
7: hope i know
0: well i think there's no hope period at the federal level i think the only hope is uh, is to get active for liberty on a local basis to non-cooperate and to uh, to disobey i think that's the only way we're going to achieve liberty in our lifetime and it may result in a few of us being put in uh, you know behind bars uh, oh, but geez. in order to achieve freedom you know something's got to be t- something has to be put at risk
9: yeah, you're right because there is a few parties here in Connecticut, the Constitutional Party and Libertarian. Yeah, there's a few the local level. Yeah.
0: Well, I wish you good luck if uh, that's a path you pursue. I thank you for the call tonight. I, you know, again, the Constitution Party not quite liberty loving enough for me. Uh they are kind of scary in a lot of ways. They they definitely do not like drug users. Uh, for instance, so they, that's a major black mark in my book, uh, right there. They don't believe in freedom, uh, choice for uh, for you know what you put in your own it's body. It's not a very
1: big tent. Um, in, in that I doubt very seriously they'd be for gay marriage or something no, like that. No,
0: they are definitely against. Uh, I think they're just against gays. Period. Uh, in the Constitution Party, you shouldn't be gay. So I mean, we we've been down their list of issues and their platform, and there's some really scary stuff in there. And, of course, the Libertarian Party does better usually than the Constitution Party, usually by a factor of two and a half. Uh, The Libertarian candidates usually do a lot better. because generally the libertarian candidates are more principled they're more consistent in promoting liberty, but even nowadays, the libertarian party's been uh, become watered down, and the, they've tried to expand their tent so so large that they don't resemble the party that they once did so for me, at least, there is no third party out there that is a that's an accurate home for my belief system. of course, I don't believe in aggressing against my neighbors, and today, there is no political party that shares that belief. used to be the libertarian party was that way, but not so much anymore. Hey, since you mentioned the election, as an aside, I just came across this information from CNN Politics, where apparently uh, the turnout at the election on Tuesday wasn't really any more than it was back in 2004. So for all the talk of you know how this was the biggest election ever, it may have been, but it really wasn't that much bigger than 2004. They're saying it might have been up, like as far as the total turnout, might have been up by 1%. So it well, looks like
1: the, 2004 was supposed to have been a really big election. Yeah. So
0: so it looks like 60% or 61.7% of those eligible to vote in the United States actually went out and voted. So it looks like estimates are between 126 and 128.5 million Americans went out to vote on Tuesday. So still a good chunk of America saying I'm staying home. Not worth it. Plenty of people boycotted the election. Yeah, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the sacl C A I toll free line. As you know, as we've been discussing, there uh, there was a flag burned, or uh, actually three flags burned, recently here in Keene, New Hampshire. Lots of controversy has erupted as a result of it, uh, especially here on this program. Mark, you said that you believe that the flags being burned by a Free State Project participant may result in those who, li- uh, who dislike the Free Staters having more am- ammunition against them. And okay, maybe that's true, but what's that going to do? There's always going to be people that are critical of what free staters and liberty activists, New Hampshire liberty activists who aren't even free staters, just people that love freedom, are doing. Those people are always going to have ammo. They're always going to be able to talk about how we want to destroy schools and children. Well, destroy destroy schools, Uh, you can get a a
1: great deal of... There's people out there. There are a great deal of conservatives out there. You can call in and talk to uh, Al Coolis on the local radio show here, and he'll he'll agree with you that we need to shut down... uh, Public schools, or you know, yeah. uh, to, to to stop funding them, or whatever um, terminology one wants to use. I, I mean, I don't want to shut down the school. I want it to, you know, teach kids uh, be funded and, voluntarily, you know, be funded in a voluntary fashion. But uh, you can so that kind of bad PR. Like uh, you know, somebody might say to Al, "Well, these free staters want to shut down the school, public schools." Well, Al's going to say, "Good." But when the, when they say, well, they're burning flags out in
0: Central Square. Well, they aren't burning flags. One uh, uh, individual it burned it a flag. It doesn't really the, matter that much. So uh, you're saying that people are just so collectivist and they yeah, can't possibly see. Yeah, they absolutely see. are. Um, right.
1: As a matter of fact, I've got my next-door neighbor. I was sitting I in, can't concern having, myself with that. I was that. having a beer with my next-door neighbor, and he's like, and what about these free staters coming in here wanting things for free? Uh, you know, yeah. here's here's a completely misinformed person. And what what did Jesse do to uh, you know, promote the Free State Project? What did he What he did didn't he do? do? Anything to
0: promote the Free State Project? What did he, was he doing do? This as an individual. Uh,
1: uh, was was freedom achieved? Uh, what, are what did you he kidding? do to get a, What did he do to get close? The only people I've heard he's making a statement. The only people I've heard praise his activity are people that don't believe in government. And I'll use a, a blanket term, anarchist, for those people. Find me one that's
0: not. That says that it's a good idea. He was making a statement. That's all, and it was something to get people st- uh, started with the discussion. Look, if you are of the type of per- if you're the type of person who's so such a blind nationalist that if somebody burns a flag, you're just so seething with white-hot rage that you can't hold a conversation about the issue? You're not somebody who's going to be very easily uh, brought on board by Look, any sort of persuasion. I,
1: I, I, Ian, you've sat on this show and you've said that burning the flag is dumb. So I'm not a blind nationalist who's seething with rage when I've heard that uh, Jesse is burning well, the changed flag. My man, I've I'm changed just my saying mind. It's I've not said that. Dumb. I don't
0: recall saying that it was dumb. I recall saying that it was not necessarily the activism I would have chosen to do. And it's not Necessarily, the activism I would have chosen to do. However, uh, I'll, I'm going to side with Sam from the Obscured Truth Network. In uh, in his email here, he writes uh, to uh, this is actually an email he wrote to Jesse, but since he carbon copied me, I feel like I can read it on the air. Anyway, he says this: I just finished watching the video of the three flag burn event that you held in downtown Keene uh, the, earlier this week. I have to say, I was skeptical of the positive uh, the positive effect and chances for your success that your methods would generate. I felt like many others that this act would enrage and anger most, only reaching those already aligned with your belief system. I worked to craft my message in a way that reaches out to the mainstream, and I believed most would be outraged by such an act. Before you go on, um, he says that he believed that
1: they would, it would only reach people allied with his message. Is that correct? He said that's what he believed in advance. That's what he believed in advance. Now, right. I'd like to see some evidence that it would do otherwise, that it has done much of anything. Cumulatively, effectively, there were uh,
0: I, g- I gave you evidence the other night. Oh, that's Apparently, right. that's you ignored right. There's the journalism class out there that went and there.
1: asked, asked uh, a bunch of questions. A lot of questions. Journal- journalism class.
0: Those are going to, re- you know, that's going to result in uh, articles being printed. The uh, the news folks from the Keene State College news crew were there with their video camera, uh, and they were interviewing various people. They were inter- they were getting different perspectives. They weren't even just talking to Jesse. They were so, talking uh, with other folks that were it's, out. There.
1: It's kind of like uh, working for liberty inside the government, where you get uh, one step forward and ten steps
0: back. I, I understand that's your opinion, Mark. I don't believe any steps were necessarily taken back. Uh, the the angry nationalists <laughs> and you're are not going even to, looking. The angry nationalists are going to continue being angry. The people that were there waving signs for McCain were angry at us, but they were already angry. They're angry people. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then we need you to vote for us tonight, like within the next few hours, at podcastawards.com. It's my understanding that the voting wraps up a little bit later tonight. I'll see if I can get an exact time, but I think it's, oh, I don't know, midnight Pacific time. Uh, 2008 Podcast Awards closes at 4, wait a minute. No, okay, they're going to announce the winners on November 9th at 4 p.m., so it just says that it closes today. So at the end of the day today, you are done, in your opportunities to vote for Free Talk Live. So this is your last chance. Please go to podcastawards.com and scroll down the page to the uh, political category, select Free Talk Live, scroll down a little bit more, fill in your name and email address, choose an option there, uh, and select Submit. And you may be verified via email. They might send you an email, and in that email you have to click a link to make sure you're a real live human being. Uh, But that'll be it. It'll be a really quick process. So if you're listening live tonight, whether you're on the Internet or you're listening on the radio, uh, as soon as you get in front of a computer... Go to podcastawards.com, scroll to the political category, and vote for Free Talk Live. Right.
1: It doesn't matter if you've done it already, because you can do it every 24 hours. So That's So please correct. go do it. It's very important that we win this award, to me at least, so the yeah. sales of the show.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's, it'll be really nice to be able to announce that we may be the only show, the only podcast in the world, to have ever won four podcast awards in a row. And you can help us make that happen at podcastawards.com. You have, to the end of the night tonight... Uh that's uh, tonight november sixth in order to get that done. PodcastAwards.com. dot com vote for free talk live continuing with the email here in regards to the uh, the triple flag burn that went down earlier this week uh, a lot of controversy seems to be bubbling up from this and as far as i'm concerned that's a good thing people that are talking uh, whether they're upset or whether they're pleased i think it's good uh, any sort of activism i think is good i think it's easy for people to sit back and to snipe and to say well you shouldn't have picked that issue or you shouldn't pick this issue or you shouldn't do that non cooperation uh, that's the wrong issue you shouldn't die on that hill and it's easy to sit back and say what people shouldn't do, and it's a lot harder to get out there and do some activism yourself. Uh, and, uh, I'd
1: like to make the point, uh, and, and I don't know where where you've been hearing uh, people sniping about the flag-burning issue. I haven't gotten any emails in um, support, other than uh, Sam's that I was CC'd on there, and uh, the only, I've been the only one that I have heard saying otherwise about the, uh, the, the effectiveness of this, and I have gone out and within the last weekend done activism. Now, it was on a political uh, level, and you may not
0: consider that that great well you can stick it oh i don't care what you do mark it's your business i wouldn't cri- criticize you for going out and doing the activism that you did you did what are you talking about you said oh big deal you held a sign for a candidate well big deal you went out and held a sign for a candidate well i don't really care about that I, I, i'm not going to say you shouldn't do it i, I right i because, well what would it hurt i don't know it hurts your time i guess
1: you okay. Could be doing something else, right? And it's my time. Whereas I'm proposing right. that um, the I'm not
0: making an argument here,
1: Mark. I'm not. I'm proposing that a burning the flag has far more negative effects than it does positive ones.
0: You have no way to quantify it, and I have no way to make a real uh, quantifiable. Uh, I argument can make against a better it.
1: argument that it quantifiably many people just because uh, have some have people heard heard negative arguments and no positive and very few positive. Just ones. because
0: some people out there are emotional is not really anything that's quantifiable that you can look at. Anyway, we'll go back to Emotions uh, Sam's are what email. Causes people to buy anything yeah i see where you're coming from on that anyway uh so we go back to sam's email and sam from the obscure truth network pointed out that he thought this was going to be he said he was skeptical of the positive effect of this event and uh, was wondering about the chances of the of success for these uh for the methods in regards to burning the u.n u.s and new hampshire flags Sam says I was impressed by the courage and professionalism that I saw in the video from the event. As I watched, it began to sink in just what was about to happen. I began to experience and appreciate the courage and strength required to do such a thing. As I watched the UN flag burn, I felt a sense of joy and peace come over me, similar to when I engage in activism. Then something unexpected happened. It was time for the American flag. I felt a sense of apprehension as my body became tense and overcome with a feeling of uneasiness. As I watched the flag burn, tears began streaming down my face. Tears of sadness at what was happening, not on the screen, but within me. It was in that instant that I realized such an act has always been off-limits to me. I had never even considered it in the realm of possibilities. Sure, I've seen angry hippies burning flags in the 90s and Middle Eastern protesters burning American flags, but this time was different. As it burned, I realized that despite all my activism, I still held the flag to mean something to me. It represents an idea that means so much to so many. Knowing the courage it took within you to perform such an act was the first thought that brought me to tears. As it burned, I felt sadness as I truly let go for the first time all of the symbolism, honor, and integrity that I had always believed that flag represented. Thank you, Jesse. Your courage awakened me to beliefs and experiences that I had integrated into my being without ever evaluating them against my own belief system. I wept in sadness as I let them go. I wept in sadness as I realized the beliefs that had remained unquestioned for so long. I wept at what seemed like the last connection to the idea of government left in my body. Thank you, Jesse. I hadn't expected such a wonderful gift to come from what seemed on its face to be such a bad idea. From Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com. I just found that absolutely heartwarming it's and mo- touching, It's, a motivating, and it's that a to motivating bit of
1: prose. from major a, positive. Yet Another anarchist. It's a you major, don't need to. Uh, you do I don't not know if Sam would describe himself convince, as an anarchist. Uh, he he would be c- so close that one doesn't. He doesn't. I'm not looking to convince Sam of the need uh, of for liberty. I, I think that, and he didn't say that he thought it was a good idea in this. Yeah. He just said thank you for what you gave me, which is a great thing, but I think that what is left unsaid is even more important in here. He didn't say, thank you for the great PR
0: that you brought the Free State Project, because he didn't. He's not trying to do PR for the Free State Project. Mark, I don't think you really understand here. Uh, the people that are coming in for the, as members of the Free State Project or participants of the Free State Project are coming in and they are able to do whatever sort of activism they would like to do. If you want to get all concerned about the image of the Free State Project, I think you're focusing all of your efforts or your concerns in the wrong area. What we need to focus on here is if you're so interested in doing damage control, Mark, if you're so worried about what some Free Staters might do, you better get out there and pay real close attention to what every single one of them do, uh, so you can get on the air and call radio shows and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm a free state or two and we don't all agree with one another. We're all individuals. And I think that's fine. What you did was calling the radio show to say, absolutely we're did, all different yeah. people. We're all individuals. We're all doing various different things that we think are right, and, and we I don't all agree is, on and what I think to this do. this is
1: a remarkably bad idea.
0: And we don't all agree on what to do. So it really, I mean, the free state project doesn't really even have much of an image here in New Hampshire. Most people are completely unaware of it. Sure, certain politicals, uh, politico types are aware of the Free State Project, but even they don't really know that much about it. So if this gets them talking and asking questions, then I think that's a good thing. And if it gets some people upset and angry, well that's their problem. And they need to learn how to deal with their feelings. And then maybe down the line, they'll see a Free State Project member do something that they agree with. And then they'll have some cognitive dissonance. Because this is just one act in a line of many, many things that that have already happened. Many things that other people have vehemently disagreed with. A lot of people are against the whole idea of civil disobedience. So when somebody goes out and they do something disobedient, I'm not talking about burning flags, I mean other things, of uh, instances of civil disobedience, like Lauren Canario uh, driving around with no government uh, registration. That was incredibly unpopular. I think you were even one of uh, her critics on that particular issue. So again, no, no, I was a critic of you extolling how she was attacked by
1: the state they took this poor innocent woman who'd done nothing to they harm did. anybody blah blah she blah 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 anybody. blah all I said was um, when, when she called in and look Lauren were you surprised by this action and she said no I was looking for it
0: well, there were people that were critiquing her for doing it, and they were saying, you shouldn't do these things. You should change the you know, the system with the system. This civil disobedience stuff is making the Free State Project look bad. And you know what? I don't really give a flip about what some people might in, you know, interpret some actions to mean. Some people might look at all the free staters doing political things and say, well, this makes the Free State Project look bad. Yeah. I like those civil disobedience people instead. I don't really care what everybody thinks. It's none of my damn business. What I think I should be doing is what I think is right to achieve liberty in, in our lifetimes. Now, do you think, I think it that- might
1: be a good idea for me to um, hatchet murder as many people as I can and put, like, this was done by a voluntarist uh, like on a business card left there? Do you think that's a good idea, Ian?
0: Would, no, would you- I'm against the initiation of force, oh, so uh, why would uh, I think that would yeah, be a but good idea? Who, uh,
1: but uh, who knows that? I mean, do, do does the average person on the street know what a voluntarist is? or are you trying to, you know, perhaps spin this and get a little PR out of it? I mean, you're you're trying to tell them that that's not what uh, you're about. I'm stu- I'm confused. What now? Okay. Um, the point that I'm trying to make here is is that there are people that burn flags and don't burn flags mm-hmm. in the, the Free State Project. Apparently, you're, apparently you're in the flag-burning quadrant. Yeah. Um, I think more of it should happen. Well, get out there every day and burn a flag, you, you nut. I mean, go ahead. Just do some good, good deeds. Go burn flags. Um, uh, now, my question to you is... If I'm I'm a member of the Free State Project, you're a member of the Free State Project. Can I go out murdering people? Call myself a voluntarist.
0: Will that be good for you your voluntarism? You can do whatever the, you want. There's not a damn thing I can do about it. Would you support it? No, of course not. How then can I, I not support you support burning that? flags? I think I it's didn't stupid. ask for your support. I don't care if you support it or not. Hour three's coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching at hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. Then coming up, we'll uh, tell you what the New York City mayor has uh, said to the, or promised, I guess, to the residents of uh, New York. Uh, as far as, well, he's not going to come through. But we'll explain what the promise was. Uh, first, we talked to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank.
10: Hi. Uh, I thought it was very interesting hearing about the uh, flag burning. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, Brendan Bean's famous uh, play, the Irish playwright called The Patriot Game, where he talks about patriotism being the last refuge of the fool, uh, in the sense that patriotism is always tied to a nationalism or a folkism, That often isn't really in the best interests of the individuals, but rather the collective whole of the, uh, society or a government. So in a sense, I see no problem with, you know, using your rights to protest. Burning a flag can be a very powerful ritual. And, uh, you know, if it's taken as a a ritual of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, dissent, uh, you know, it's all well and good. It's just that we don't want to burn any of those flags near any houses or buildings that could catch on fire. This is true.
0: <laughs> there were uh, fire suppression devices nearby, so... I, I think mean...
10: that's terrific. Yeah. You do have the constitutional right to burn that flag. I think we had a case before the Supreme Court in the late, in the early uh, 1990s. So even though uh, Congress had passed laws Uh, I think uh, about uh, nine or ten years ago, saying that it's a crime to burn a flag it really isn't and
0: uh right they uh, could have come out and, and harassed uh they could have come out and harassed the activist based on uh like burn permit issues because he was burning in a so-called public p- uh, piece of property and he did not go and beg anybody's permission for it but we were very pleased to find that the the government police didn't even show up they uh, they ignored the entire yeah. event and well, i think know, that was the a right public, choice
10: if it's a public domain And you had fire suppression devices. I I think, you know, you being a member of the public have a right to, you know, use that.
1: Yeah, I, I would not disagree with that, Frank. But don't you think that uh, perhaps there are some people that might be educated to the uh, uh, some of the ideas of freedom and liberty that might have been turned off uh, with you know the allied bent of the free state project? Yeah, I but mean,
10: apparently then they don't understand what freedom's all about. Of I mean, that's they the don't. interesting thing. That's, America
1: need to, is to be a Nation
10: of people always cheating on doing their intellectual homework. Oh yeah, and doing their doing their reading of philosophy and understanding law and things. It's a nation where we want our journalists and we want our TV news people to sort of do that thinking for us, which is ridiculous. That's why I think we're in the mess we're in. So I, I, I think,
1: agree that an educated people um, and their liberty are soon parted to some extent. But, no, no, but would I mean, you say that there's a uh, – these, I mean,
10: these are tasks that the individual must uh, you know, educate oneself in this because ultimately the educational system – has a bias built in with the perspective of the state, and often it takes sure. almost a whole lifetime to re-educate yourself. It's to taken the me a while. The world.
0: There's no doubt about it, Frank. Good call tonight. Appreciate yeah. hearing from you. I, I certainly understand, Mark, and I think you're right. I mean, there are people that are that would see something like that and be turned off. However, that doesn't mean they couldn't be turned on by something else down the line, something completely different, something that's right up their alley that they could be turned on to. So, I mean, the, you know, history does not begin and end in one particular instant and with one, uh, one decision. There are all kinds of other opportunities that will be coming soon. Anyway, let me go over to New York City where we can give you an example of yet another <laughs> privilege that government has that nobody else can really get away with. And the reason government people can get away with this is because, well, they've got guns and they're willing to hurt you if you don't go along with their plans. Now, let me set the stage here if we could. Mark, you're a salesman uh, by trade. Your job is to sell radio commercials, uh, podcast commercials, live I've selling radio for a decade. On this radio show. You're selling it on Free Talk Live. Now, if you had made a promise to some of your clients, if you had promised them that you were going to give them a special rate, Mm -hmm. you know, if they bought, if you buy within the next week, we guarantee you you'll be able to lock in a certain rate uh, for 2009 on Free Talk Live. You're going to lock in five dollars a spot, which is cheaper, I think, than what you're you're selling them at right now. Oh yeah. So you're going to give them a really special rate, and so you make this promise out there, and people come in and they say, yeah, yeah, I'll take some of that, I'll take some of that action, yeah, I'll lock in for six months, five bucks a spot. Sure, I'll lock in, and so they get all signed up. And uh, comes time that you know, at the end of the year is is getting closer, and of course, you know, you've got all these uh, excited clients ready to get on the air and and uh, get their advertisements out to our listeners and uh, hopefully help their business and everything. And then you just you realize that you've made some mistakes that uh, you have uh, you've overpromised. You've you've sold too much inventory. We, I mean, in this radio show, we only have so much space that we can sell. You've sold twice as much. And so you've really screwed it. You've really screwed it up. You've bombed on this. Well,
1: um, there's um, in in my contract. There's a uh, there, there's a you know a little caveat down at the bottom that basically says these <laughs> spots are preemptable. And if I can find somebody who'll buy them for more than what you're willing to buy them for, you're out of there. However, if I made um, if I did make the promise and I said that these were non-preemptable right, spots you locked that in, right.
0: that you locked them in, okay. And so then you realize you've sold way too much. And at that point, what do you do? Well, you can apologize. You can get people's money back, right? You could make good. You'd want to make good, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd want to do everything you possibly could to help those clients understand that you screwed up and you're going to do what you can, whatever you can to, to make it right. You know, schedule them double the length of their schedule later on because you couldn't fit them in now. You would jump through whatever hoops you possibly could in nope. order to make that situation I'd right. I'd do what I said I was going
1: to do. I would uh, deliver those spots the way I said that I was going to deliver them um, to the first, come, you know, the first come, first serve. Yeah. If I had made some promises to somebody who came, you know, later right. at a higher rate, I would say I'm very sorry. Uh, I had some, you know, I I, I missed, I, I didn't realize that I had oversold here. I'm gonna, you know, not be able to. Uh, you know, deal with that because I have other people and so I would But deliver. wouldn't you try
0: to offer something to those folks in order to make good? Because you promised them that they were going to get on the air and then you, you know, it didn't work out in so the you future, would try to make some sort of offer to right, them I, I, you, absolutely, you try to smooth it over. Sure, otherwise to, I'm going to lose the business. Right, you don't want to lose the business and that's the important part. That's one of the reasons why you can, uh, th- that's one of the reasons why you behave in that way is because if that person says, well to hell with you, you know, if you, if you wouldn't make good, if you wouldn't make them a, a special offer in order to make good for the stakes you made, then they could just say, well, screw you. I'll go advertise on your competitor. I'll take my money and advertise in a newspaper, or on television, or, or something like that, or, or whatever on, they do, Or yes. online. So they can always take their money and go away, which helps keep you in check as the business owner. Right. Well, that doesn't apply to governments. No. So let's talk about one of the promises they made. In New York, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg said on Wednesday he's instructed the finance commissioner not to send out $400 property tax rebates to homeowners because the crisis on Wall Street has cost the city dearly in lost tax revenue. Bloomberg, who hopes to win a third term by convincing voters he's best suited to guide the city through its fiscal crisis, told a news conference that Wall Street already has taken half a trillion dollars in write-downs. Financial companies might not pay city or state taxes for three to five years as they struggle with losses, he said. The mayor estimates that the New York Stock Exchange member firms will have to earn a combined $10 billion a year for several years before the city can resume collecting taxes from them. They can't even collect taxes from these people? It's crazy. Wall Street, which could shed over 30,000 workers, represents about 35% of the city's wage base. Adding to the gloom, the mayor's expecting a total of 140,000 job losses citywide by July 1st, 2009. He says that even financial planning has its limits. The mayor said if it turns out to be a meltdown, <laughs> nobody can prepare for that. Should the. Well- I, I under see this is this is the part that i don't quite
1: get it's the idea that uh, the government is more important than the individual because we're having a financial meltdown here right well, I need my money because of that mm-hmm. i'm I'm that much poorer i'm making less money or whatever the thing is and but the government they want their pound of flesh. Come what may, yeah, whatever way they can get you it. must suffer because we must get it. I mean, I, we've got bureaucrats to pay and stuff. The garbage has to be picked up. You couldn't get pick up the garbage otherwise. I mean, I don't have the option of how to t- take the garbage to the dump myself and maybe save a couple of bucks. You mean if you live in New York, we have that option here in New Hampshire. We, we do have that option yeah. here, but when it comes it, in in my town, I don't have the option of saying, you know, it's 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 a really bad year. Uh, Jack is going to have to go to, you know, a school that's a little cheaper than the, the, the school. He's been going to. So you know, I don't have those options.
0: So it's just another example here of how the government can just screw you left and right. He'd promised property owners a $400 property tax rebate, which would have been really nice, I'm sure, to, to have. I mean, that's $400 they could spend on stuff they need for their lives. But what can the property owners do about this? Not a damn thing. You can't pull your business and decide to, I mean, I suppose you could move elsewhere, but then you're just be paying property taxes to some other lying scumbag government. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And, Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, and they include archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are right there on the front page of the website. Enjoy them free on us at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, your phone calls are what the show's about. We go to Jeffrey, listening in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
3: Yeah, um, I'm 25 years old, and I just got through watching this election and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm a black guy just like Obama. Well, not like Obama. I'm, <laughs> I am black. but you know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you know, other than, you know, the historic blase, blase, you know, I'm trying to figure out what can I do to secure to my well-being, you know, financially, because I just started driving trucks, and before, you know, all this happened, I was doing all right. Now, you know, I'm down to one, two routes a week, mm. bring home less than 400 bucks a week. I mean, That's rough. you know, do you guys have any, you know, like like right now I'm trying, I'm looking up on the internet right now, I'm trying to figure out a way how to open up a bank account, you know, a foreign bank account, mm-hmm. but just in case it's the bottom fund and this contract that, you know, have some some type of security elsewhere.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I don't know um, – I can't make any recommendations to you on that because it's my understanding there are a lot of sort of situations in which foreign bank accounts could be scams, uh, could be people that uh, could just t- take your money. Uh, so mm-hmm. you you should go with somebody that you really trust on a recommendation as to where you should open up a foreign bank account if that's something you want to do. But as far as your financial situation is concerned, I mean a, an important question I have to ask before I go on is are you in debt?
3: Um. Yeah. To yeah, the, to what uh, extent? that not much. Like about seven or eight grand.
0: Seven or eight grand. Is that credit card debt?
3: Yeah. No, it's more for schooling and stuff like that, for um, the, the truck driver school. and.
0: Okay. What's the percentage rate on that uh, truck driver school
1: credit?
3: Um, I don't I know. What, I don't even know. Okay. I don't know. They sent me a letter in the mail like two weeks ago saying, you know, I, I knocked it down from like 10 grand, so, you know, but, I mean, I'm still down in, in debt.
1: It's a good job. I mean, be able to knock it down at all is a good thing. Uh, you know, my best recommendation was to, would be to, and it's hard; it's not easy, um, is to get a part-time job either in the evenings, the weekend, deliver some pizzas. Um, do you have a, a wife, significant other, somebody you live with?
3: Um, I stay with my grandma. I haven't. I I'm not married. I don't have okay. any kids.
0: That's a good thing. It's a good, they're they're expensive. Not having kids. Uh, You know, and and of course, since you're not living, you're not, uh, you're staying with grandma, that's going to probably keep uh, costs down. I think that's something sensible that people should really look into. I mean, it's. It's easy to say that you shouldn't stay with your parents or whatever, but, I mean, in a down economy, I mean, it's not, it might not, it might be nice to have the freedom that you might like to have of, of living out on your own, but at the same time, if, if staying with uh, parents or staying uh, with, with a bunch of people will result in significant savings to you, it's worth doing. I mean, whether it's your parents or whether it's moving in with a handful of friends or whatever, I think that we're going to see if – if the economy does indeed continue getting worse, you're going to start seeing people living together, You know, more people to a household than currently live to a household. Yeah, I think I it's mean, a good thing. You're going to have to pay – you're paying to heat that or, or to heat the house during the winter. You're paying to air-condition it during the summer or, or in Florida you're paying to air-condition it all year-round. Uh, so, you might as well put more people in there. I mean, this is something that a lot of the immigrants really understand. They come here, they don't have a lot of money, and they understand that in order to maximize the amount of money they get to save out of their paycheck, there's certain things that they should be doing. And of course, that's an important, another important factor is not spending what you earn if you can possibly avoid it. I think there's a really there's a really great book. It's really kind of a simplistic kind of book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon, and it's a really short book. And I highly recommend that uh, that people uh, pick it up if they're new to the idea of saving. I don't know if that's something you're new to. I mean, you do you have savings at all, or are you just basically kind of living paycheck to paycheck?
3: Uh, I had savings when I was on my own. Just, you know, staying on my own like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, you know, like I was saying, I was pretty much doing good until you know earlier this year. And the, my savings down to like eight hundred bucks. So
0: one of the I uh, do
3: suggestions. Certainly, getting out there
0: and, and doing more work, as Mark suggested, is a good way to immediately get more money coming in. But one of the other things you need to look at is what's going out. Uh, so yeah, take a look at it's your. It's not
1: what you make; it's what you spend.
0: Right, and this is the biggest problem that most Americans have: is whatever it is they make is what they spend, yeah, or, or more. You know, they'll uh, they'll they'll spend more than what they make via credit cards, and then they really get in the hole. Uh, so what you need to take a look at is uh, what it is your what's coming in and what's going out. See, uh, look closely at your habits. I mean, if you do anything. Like uh, drink or smoke? Uh, then no. we, do you do you have a no. caffeine habit? Do you drink soda all day? Do you drink coffee a lot?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I do be down with some, some, some some drinks and juices, and all. I do have a bad habit of that. Uh, what, what kind yeah. of drinks? I mean, that's food punch, really. Um, you buy it not, at that? as much as Coca Cola or Pepsi. Ain't, you know, and, do you, you know, buy it, yeah, it at the uh, convenience store?
1: You. Do you buy it at the convenience store? or Do you um, you know buy it at the grocery store? Uh, grocery store. You know, it's it's better than buying at the convenience store. That's for sure.
0: It's good, but you're gonna save yourself a significant amount of money if you can. I mean, fruit punch, tasty and everything, but it really, honestly, it doesn't nourish you like water does. And water's a whole hell of a lot cheaper. And I don't mean going and buying yeah. bottled water. I mean, you know, water out of the tap, uh, poured into a you know a jug or something like that, and kept into the kept in the fridge. Use a filter if your water's nasty. Of course, uh, you know you can get yeah. filters really really cheap. But if you can uh, if you can wean yourself off of whatever. Sort of habits you have that are not necessary to sustain life, and you know, drinking uh, fr- fruit punch would qualify as that. You know, you I don't know how much you drink, but some people some people drink a six pack of soda every day, and that adds up. I mean, if you're it, it doesn't feel like a lot when you're going to the store and you're You know, laying down a buck fifty, or I don't even know what a six pack costs these days of soda, but if you're laying down two bucks for a six pack of soda, it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you're doing that every single day, then you're talking about a few hundred dollars a year being spent on soda pop or, or cigarettes yeah. or, or i mean it's a lot more on alcohol so that's something that people can look at also looking at how often you're going out to eat that's another important thing yeah. that'll going just out to eat with, is, is a big deal It'll Packing will just tear yeah, well, well,
3: i don't even have a girlfriend so i don't even you know mm-hmm. me going out to eat is like i cook every day so that's, that's excellent that's like
0: yep that's a good way to save some money uh so take a look so at what you're where, spending yeah where, where are you where do you think
1: you're spending the most
3: Honestly, you know, uh, my grandma's six I pretty much go, you know, for her medical bills and light Mm -hmm. bill and pretty much most of the bills go into the house instead of me personally.
0: That's good to know. It sounds like you're in an okay place at this point. What I might recommend is to get on a real, get into a real habit of uh, putting away some money every single paycheck. If you, I mean, if you can, uh, do everything you can. You know, eat ramen if that's what it takes. But put away, you know, 10% into savings, and then put another 20% of your paycheck down to, uh, down toward your debt, whatever debt it is that you have. I mean, if you could put more than, uh, more than that, then that's good. But try to, try to the very minimum, save 10%. Put 20% down towards your debt. Then once your debt's finally paid off, you can take that other 20% and put that in towards savings. And uh, that way you'll have something uh, to go on. Of course, if we get to hyperinflation, you're not going to want to have any savings because it won't do you any good uh, at that point. Uh, but Mark, you were making a motion. Well, I, didn't I just. Know what that meant. I, I think that uh, I think
1: going out and if you can, and it's. I know it's hard to to get a part time job. You'll you'll be you'll probably at least increase by 150 percent what you're uh, what you're currently making doing the truck route. I know, I know that the uh, the routes are down. And does that mean you're doing less work too? Yeah, because
3: mostly is um. Yeah, here's my schedule. I leave out Sunday We don't night. we don't I'm sorry
0: man we just don't have time for the schedule but okay. it sounds like you're in the you're going in a good direction and you know call us back let us know how things are going for you and uh, again try to get that debt paid down that's the number one thing that sounds like it's hurting you right now more on the way I thank you for the call and good luck this is free talk live you take control of the airwaves This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And uh, I want to tell you about the updates list. You can get signed up. And get on the updates list over at updates.freetalklive.com, and we will clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates. Dot freetalklive.com.
1: The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liber- liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. You can apply now for a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com.
0: So we had Jeffrey on the phone a few moments ago from Tennessee, concerned about his financial situation. Seems as I
1: think we all are
0: these lot, days. A lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people having a tough, t- a tougher time, as Jeffrey was pointing out. He's just not getting the work that he once was at his uh, his professional driving job. And so something has to happen. Something needs to change in order to help make ends meet. And, of course, uh, some of the suggestions we made I think were, were, were pretty good, the idea of taking a look at your expenses and seeing what it is that you're spending money on. Maybe spend a day or spend a week with a notepad, and then as you go about your business throughout the day, making notes of, well, okay, just went into the convenience store, bought this and this and this. Well, or... a, convenient,
1: a convenient thing that, uh, uh, to, to take care of that are receipts. You can keep receipts, them and, yeah, and that uh, works. compile them at the end. of the night. And I think a budget is a, is a really great thing um, to keep. It's, you know, if you're spending time at night uh, playing video games or something like that, mm-hmm. you could be delivering pizzas and making more money. It's just there's yeah. other ways to to get out there and do it. I think that uh, it's a great idea to cut down what you're spending. With Laura now taking care of Jack, we don't have that, you know, extra income that we had previously. So what she's been doing is she's been making meals at home. And eating out is a huge expense for people. Oh, my people. gosh. Dr- getting those cups of coffee for $2 when you stop off, get a cup of coffee for 2 bucks. I don't know what it costs to make a pot of coffee at home, but it, much. it but it isn't much more than maybe fifty cents or something. So it's a tremendous savings when you you look at these things,
0: right? And that would be a way to keep your habit. Of course, I mean, getting rid of habits would be the ideal way to go. Uh, you know, if you're smoking cigarettes or if you're uh, you're drinking uh, alcohol on a regular basis, cut it back. Uh, you know, cut it back to something that uh, that's going to put more money in your pocket. And having the having the debt is probably the worst thing you can possibly have if you are in debt that's something that is draining your uh it's draining your finances so you need to figure out a way to get that paid off and i know i mentioned this earlier this week but in case uh you know jeffrey's still listening somebody had suggested i don't know who it was but we we've, we've talked about some uh, sort of self-help stuff in this uh, program in the past and i happen to like those topics we just haven't had them uh, too often pop up recently but somebody suggested a good way to handle paying off debt in a faster manner is to pay every 2 weeks it is. So instead of getting that monthly, uh, you know, that monthly invoice and then paying the, uh, the, the whatever the, uh, the the appropriate amount is at that time, what you do is you pay every two weeks, and because months only, you know, there's 12 months of the year, but yet there are 52 weeks in a year, you end up actually making a couple extra payments if you're paying. Every Plus, you cut down on weeks. interest. You're cutting down on interest at the same time. You're right because you're paying more down to principal. Right. Because of that. And so paying every two weeks fits in extra payments. It cuts down on interest. It gets your principal uh, paid off that much faster. And so that's just a good thing. It just means you're going to have that debt paid off faster, which means once the debt's paid off, there's more money in your pocket instantly. It's it's like an instant raise, uh, basically. So take a look at that as another possibility, a possible idea. So cutting habits, not eating out Uh, And, you know, doing everything you can to save money, and that includes taking on roommates. You know, he said he was living in his grandmother's house. A lot of people are living in a situation with just a significant other. If you've got an empty bedroom or something like that, that... Fill it with somebody. If it's just got a bunch of stuff in it, have a garage sale. Sell some of your crap. Take it to the pawn shop, whatever. Get a little bit of money coming in and put a human being in that room and have them pay you rent on a monthly basis. I mean, splitting – if you've just got two people living together, splitting the utilities is nice, but splitting it three ways is even nicer. And having a a couple hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks coming in from from an extra renter or two could really make the difference between, well, being comfortable and not. So take a look at that. You know, how can you maximize uh, the space that you have? That's going to help you, and at the same time, help somebody that might be looking for an affordable place to stay.
1: It's I, I, having a roommate's a great idea. It, it it's definitely helped me in the past.
0: Right. Well, and to make sure you don't get screwed over, make sure you're cautious about oh, yeah. who you bring in and, and all of that. So you do need to be a little bit careful, buyer beware and all of that. Uh, but there are ways to uh, to handle the these tough times. And the best thing with,
1: uh, with roommates or renters or things like that is to, to get some money up front, first, last, security, that kind of thing.
0: What are some of your ideas? I mean, certainly we've uh, we've scratched the surface of ways that people can uh, make themselves a little more comfortable in a down economic ta- uh, down economic times. And I think these are all fine ideas, even when the economy's good, uh, you know, just to, to be careful and watch what you're spending. I think there's kind of – there's two – I was talking with Julia about this the other day, is that I think there are two extremes as far as uh, financial intelligence is, is concerned or, or how you handle your finances. You know, there's one extreme of being completely frugal to the point where you can't enjoy yourself. And then there 's the other extreme of spending everything you get and you know going beyond what you get and, and spending up money on credit cards and things like that. Yeah. you need to find a comfortable balance between those two a comfortable place where you can be frugal enough to where long term purchases things that are important will you'll be end up you 'll be saving enough money to make those long term purchases or you 'll have enough money saved in order to fix the car when it breaks and and stuff like that. Uh, where, but at the same time, you're also saving enough money to where you can also enjoy yourself and and eat out from time to time, and you know enjoy some of the luxuries of life, as opposed to being completely frugal and and never leaving the hu- never leaving your house. Whereas uh, some people will go out and they'll just spend everything. They'll go and they'll buy the biggest car they possibly can, buy a plasma screen television, put it all on the credit card, and then make minimum payments, and they think they can uh, they, they they think they can get away with that. I mean, eventually the eventually the you're going to have to pay something. Something's going to, something is going to break. Something's going to break. System. Likely it'll be your credit so, and you'll so, go bankrupt. Yeah, so find, uh, find a happy medium. And at this time, that happy medium might be sl- somewhat shifted toward more frugality simply because of the uh, the economic situation that we have today. All right, so your tips, if you've got them, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Have you ever been in a similar situation where uh, things started tightening up, you needed to tighten your budget? What did you do? How did you, you know, what did you cut out? What did you take a look at? What are some of the things we've missed? 800-259-9231. Otherwise, you can bring up anything, like Rob in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind?
9: Well, I want to bring up a, a, one example of where zoning bylaws might make sense. Great, and that and that's in a a very historical part of a a city. I'm thinking of Charleston, South Carolina, or Savannah, Georgia, where where you have a, a historic district.
0: I disagree, um, because every city has its bureaucrats and its do-gooders that believe that their city has something historic about it that needs to be preserved. But the problem is they're trying to preserve somebody else's property. They're trying to tell somebody else who has purchased an older building that, well, since this building is beyond a certain age or it's been here since whenever, you need to leave it in its current state or you need to come beg us for permission in order to make changes to it. I understand and appreciate where those people are coming from, that they like the old-style look of things, and they want to preserve that, but if that's really true, and that's really what they want, then they need to buy that property, and they need to be the ones preserving it, instead of just running around, uh, you know, threatening people for trying to add a a new set of uh, storm windows to their house.
1: You know, I can see where you're coming from, that it's nice to have, uh, you know, there's there's certain... Areas that are really nice to be in.
9: Well, there's, there's a historic look. And, yeah, there and, there and is. And Absolutely you want to preserve
1: that. I got that you want to preserve that. Have you ever been to Las Vegas? Yeah. Did you go to the Bellagio and uh, go down where they had the, uh, the, the Italian street with the stream in it and uh, the mall no, no, on the side? No, no, no. no. Okay. Um, they they actually created what essentially is Venice or something or um, something there something like Venice, uh, Italy, and they created it inside. And I I thought that they managed to get themselves a very nice look. And essentially, all those shops they rent from one big hotel, one big uh, landlord who wants to keep that look. And I th- so I think that what you're looking for can be achieved in the marketplace. In the marketplace, because somebody might say, "Well, I'm just going to buy up all these houses and keep them look- looking this way, and I'll just rent to people or something like that." And I think that by doing that, they'll they'll manage to attract more business than somebody who does a you know cookie cutter a strip mall kind of thing.
0: If you've got a response, hang on, Rob. We'll bring you back eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the secret. CAI toll-free line. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. You can dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And, Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and of course, uh, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and around the world, and helping spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. And plus, you'll get perks like access to the amp only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details, get signed up for three bucks a month at. Amp.freetalklive.com. That again, Amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Rob is in Ontario. Rob trying to make a case for the historic district, saying that you think zoning's okay if it's a historic district. And uh, I pointed out that uh, it's just yet another excuse to control people's property. Uh, Mark, you pointed out that people that want to preserve historic districts could do so in the fr- free marketplace. They could simply buy up the property and preserve it. Well, I, mean, I like that? old houses.
1: I'm into old houses. I, I don't like you them up built here. built a brand new one. I, I don't like them up here in the Northeast. I, I just, oh, I see. I, you know, but... We, if they've got something special or unique about them and they're old, I like that. So I'm likely to buy one of these things and then keep it in its, uh, you know, in its state. I have done that in many cases. But to force people and then put these regulations on, kind of, it, it twists the marketplace um, to some extent. Uh, it was Rob, right?
9: What do you think, though, that you know, buying up old properties, assuming you had enough money to do that, you're then removing people. You're taking them out of their private property, and and well, you're uh, not taking anybody renters. out
0: of their private property. You're offering them money, and if they want to sell, they'll sell it to you, and then they're choosing to leave their private property.
9: Well, I know, but, you, but you've created a city of owners versus a city of renters. That's all.
0: A city of owners? I don't. I'm confused. What well, do you
9: Well, I mean? you've got one owner that maybe owns multiple properties versus, uh, you know, numerous... That's only uh, one
0: way to go about it. You could also go about it by going to the individual property owners and coming to them and saying, hey, I think that we should all agree together to a a common set of terms, deed restrictions, if you will, that will help protect this area as a uh, historic district. And if you get 100% of people to agree to those terms, then you have yourself a historic district with property owners.
9: Well, then again, you'd have to have enough money to, to buy them out. No, no, anyway, I'm not talking about that buying was one people out. Where it would be, uh, you know, you could excuse it.
1: I, I can't excuse it though, because these uh, historic districts. Have you ever owned a house in a historic district? No. Oh my I, God! I know
9: there's all kinds of rules.
1: You have no idea what it's like. I mean, uh, you can't you can't put down carpet in some cases without asking these yeah. bureaucrats. And my question to you is: Does a bureaucrat have more power in, an, in a historic district or in an area that isn't uh, protected by a historic? District?
9: More, uh, more power in a
1: historic district. So, do you think a bureaucrat wants power or not?
9: They want to control what the property looks like.
1: Okay, so they want to control. Yep. Do you think that if, 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 for instance, the slippery slope of control goes in place, do you think that we could get to a a point in time where everything's a historic district and the bureaucrats control everyone and and you know this with this tight clampdown and we really don't have any new building going on because it's so expensive and arduous and difficult?
9: I suppose if it, if it ran away, but I, I think you can readily identify the cities in in your country that are quote-unquote historic. I mean, No, you can't. Augustine, you Florida. absolutely
1: can't. I'm, at, I'm here in Keene, New Hampshire, um, and th- what they have called historic are these clapboard rectangles. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's they're nothing but these, these wood. I, I, I see no historic value to many of these things. But now, they I'll, do, and they I'll are There's some Victorian-painted ladies um, that are in this town that are just beautiful. At the same time, they've got these just rectangles uh, with... You know slate uh, roofing that
0: they're calling uh, historic. No, they're, in every town in America, you're going to be able to find your somebody. Boxes. You're going to find somebody who's going to be a very appreciative of the history of that particular town, yeah. so much to the point where they want to preserve that. And all I'm saying is they should find a way to preserve what they want to preserve on a voluntary basis, and it doesn't have to involve that one person raising a bunch of money, as I suggested. They could go along to the property owners that uh, that they think. Should be protected on a historic, or should be historic, and get them to agree to whatever the terms are. Of course, not everyone's necessarily going to want I I,
9: I see your point. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks, Rob, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. I mean, it really is just a matter of uh, you know property rights. That's what it's all about. Um, I like old
1: buildings. I don't. I I love looking. There's there's certain towns where um you know you go in and it's just amazing to see them, and I understand his concern. But sure. those buildings draw tourists and people know it. People that would buy those buildings know that people are attracted to looking at yeah. those buildings. So they you're, you're you're destroying some of the value in the property that you have by tearing it down and creating a modern uh you know glass and uh, you know mirrored glass structure with sweeping roof lines or whatever it is that one might
0: put there. That, however, should be a decision that is up to the property owner. If they want to take the risk of destroying that potential of, you know, having the appeal of a historic building, then that should be a decision they're able to make unless they're operating under some sort of voluntarily entered into deed restricted situation. So this historic district nonsense, all it really does is prevents progress. There was a gentleman, uh, actually it's Dale, from AnarchyInYourHead.com. He's been poking around Keene, New Hampshire, looking for some properties to buy. One of the properties he looked at was a, a building in downtown Keene. It was, I think, like $300,000, which the price was right. Uh, it was a six-unit, multi-story building with a laundromat on the bottom, so you'd have picked up a business at the same time for that $300,000, plus all the the residential units you could have rented out. Seemed like the right price. He, was, he needed some work. Needed a lot of work, in fact, he said. But uh, he was willing to put the work into it to improve the building and make it more livable for people and make it a better building. But, uh uh-oh, it's in the historic district. And he went in and asked to see the uh, regulations on the historic district. They told him there were too many. He wouldn't be able to see them all. They wouldn't give him the regulations. Isn't that nice? Now one of the now the city count, one of the city councilors when they heard about this was very shocked. They were shocked that their bureaucrats would have said something like that, and uh, you know they shouldn't have done they shouldn't have done that. They should have held his hand and you know taken him through whatever the process. But they was. didn't,
1: and that's how it goes. That's the level of service. You're actually it's worse. That's the level you're go, of service you're gonna get when you have a problem. Oh man, oh, It would be many. worse if
0: he was the owner because right, if they,
1: you're already under their thumb.
0: Right, because then if you want to make changes, you've got to go to their, uh, their little bureaucracy or their planning board and you have to beg them, the special historic district planning board, beg them for whatever changes you want to make and cross your fingers and hope they'll say yes. But because it's a historic district, odds are good they're going to say no, because that's usually what happens. I mean, regular planning boards and zoning boards normally say no. Historic district planning boards say no, no most often, most all of the time. And if they say yes, it's going to be saying yes to some modified plan, that means you have to spend three times more than you would have had to spend otherwise, in order to conform to their historic district regulations. It's just really outrageous. So Dale decided to not buy that building because it was in a I historic cannot district blame him. And so you know he's not the only person who's going to turn down purchasing a building in a historic district because he won't be able to do what he wants with it. It's supposed to be his property. He should be able to change it however he wants to. But, no, since that's not allowed, development will be slowed. Options will be minimal. People will not want to build. They're going to want to spread out. They're going to want to go elsewhere. And I think that's sad because it could result in that particular district dying a very slow death from lack of economic activity. Anyway, more on the way here. We go to your phone calls. Randolph is on the line in North Carolina. Randolph, you're on Free Talk Live.
10: Hello. Greetings from the south.
0: Greetings, Randolph. What's on your mind tonight?
10: Um, we're members of the League of the South, and some of the things that we're doing is, uh, I know it's too late for you up there, but, but we're putting in winter gardens. And so many people have been putting in gardens that there's actually, uh, 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 it's hard to, to go into a store and get seeds, for mm-hmm. instance, for turnips or, or mustard greens. Or- are,
0: are you suggesting that people are doing this in order to save a few bucks?
10: Yes, Exactly. That's a good
0: idea. And, and Plant the, your own food, and the value that you get from that um,
1: is uh, it's unquantifiable. You can teach you teach your children how to get uh, you know to, to to work the land and that you kind of thing. Get fresh food too, and that's a, right. A, a and, tomato, and, uh, if you've you've never had a tomato until you've had one out of the garden. I've just recently tasted uh, a tomato. I, I always had vegetables from the grocery store. My God, they're so much better if you grow them. Hmm.
10: Right, and we, I have my own sheep, so. Uh, I'm able, able to grow my own meat. But, but that's some of the things we're trying to do. Uh, there's a little saying that can can help you uh, sometimes remember what you need to do. as Bible, bullets, bullion, and beans.
0: I'll take the last three. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Appreciate hearing from you tonight. All right, Mark. You know what? Uh, we don't have enough time to tell you the details here, but just a quick Quickie here from CBS News in New York. Former New York Governor Elliot Spitzer will not face criminal charges following his role as a client in a high-profile prostitution ring that led to his resignation in March. Once again, the government people are protecting their own. This guy was caught red-handed doing business with a prostitute, and because he's the former governor, he gets to walk away scot-free, whereas the rest of you and I, if we'd been in a similar situation, we'd been hung out to dry. I wonder who George Bush is going to pardon before he goes out (laughs) of office. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
11: Men, are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Now, be honest. Is your sex drive what it used to be? Don't ignore the warning signs. Prostate problems begin around age 40. And by 60, one out of every two men will have these symptoms. And they do not go away. Take Super Beta Prostate. It has 3,000 times more concentration of the key ingredient in saw palmetto. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 saw palmetto capsules in order to get the same health benefits of one Super Beta Prostate. Try it risk-free for 30 days and give your prostate the nutrition it needs. For a risk-free trial of Beta Prostate, call 1-800-246-6204. That's one 800 246 With Super Beta Prostate, you get results or you get your money back. Call one 800 246 That's one 800 246